Today, I'm reading an adult story for mature listeners. If that's not your cup of tea, or there are youngsters listening, you can skip this one, and there'll be a new story for you next time. You're listening to The Voice of Dog, and today's story is Moon Me Up, Cyril, by Alice Crawford, who writes furry erotica as well as horror short stories, and is published in anthologies such as Purgatorio by Thurston Howell Publications, and you can find more of her stories on Fur Affinity. Today's story will be read for you by Takem Ironhoof, the equine charmer. Please enjoy Moon Me Up, Cyril, by Alice Clawford. Cyril Warren ran a hand through his short hair, scratching it as the sun began to disappear on the horizon. He had been hard at work all day. His hands had been shaking that entire time, and he knew it was almost that time again. He wondered why he bothered to come into work today, knowing it was going to be tough on him. Oh yeah, money, he remembered again. It was a sad, unfortunate state of affairs, but living cost a lot of money, some he couldn't really afford to lose, not this time. And it wouldn't look good on him to keep missing work on a semi-regular basis with no good excuse as to why. He made so many little mistakes. Nothing he couldn't repair or fix again quickly enough, but his shaking palms and irritable demeanor hadn't gone completely unnoticed by his superiors. Get on home, Cyril, his boss told him as they locked the garage together. Don't know who pissed in your cornflakes, but just get home. Fuck your boyfriend and be better tomorrow, all right? Never say his boss wasn't one to mince words, of which Cyril was thankful for. Sounds like a good plan. Yeah, sorry. He scratched his head again. It might have looked like a nervous tick to anyone else, but Cyril could already feel he was almost out of time. He needed to get home before the sun disappeared and locked the doors. Then he would be fine. Cyril had always lived the quiet life always been a bit of a loner since he moved into Wolf Castle. The community was a strong-knit one, so outsiders moving in were considered strange and unusual until they passed some invisible barrier of being welcomed in as a local. That worked fine for him. He preferred being alone and to his own devices. It was better for everyone. Then he met Fran Dufour. The man had sauntered over with his broken car for Cyril to fix and flirted with him the entire time. He refused to leave whilst he was fixing the car, saying he had nothing better to do in this boring shitsville. Not even when Cyril gave him his best glare. When the car was done, Fran slipped his cash and a note with his number and name on it and he drove off. And came back days later with another problem a problem Cyril knew the man himself caused. Because who backs up into their own bin and dents their back bumper? How did his exhaust pipe get cut in half? A myriad of other stupid and small repairs brought Fran back over and over until Cyril finally gave in. Fine. If it makes you stop abusing your own vehicle, I'll go on a bloody date with you. Even when Cyril told Dufour the truth, the man still remained by his side, wanting to know everything about him the good, and the bad. Cyril had to admit he had never met a man with more patience than Fran. Neither had he met a man more accepting of everything as Fran Dufour. Who else would want to stick by Cyril's side for so long otherwise? Now they lived together, two freaks who lived in the village but had nothing to do with it. 
They always spoke about them behind their backs, how they were always alone together, didn't conform to the norm of the village, etc. It was a pain to hear when he was working, but Cyril was the one laughing. At least he was happy. He had found his love who accepted everything about him, encouraged it, and he minded his own business. Tough shit the villagers were still moping, and Gladys from afar cheated on her third husband. Cyril made it home, closing and locking the door quickly, knowing Fran would be home by now. He always came home earlier to make sure things were ready for him. Warren's hands were shuddering at this point. His body began to ache, as if he had run a marathon and exhausted himself. He was sweating too, and all in all, felt like shit. He wanted to collapse into bed and get it over with, the whole day and night, and forget everything, but he couldn't. He dropped his things in the hallway, hanging his coat up, and made his way to the basement, a door they normally kept locked, unless it was that time, used only in these extreme measures. It was open this time as Cyril pushed it open, and then closed it behind him, locking it with the key that remained inside. He put the key in his pocket, then came down the stairs. The room was dark, lit only with a single ceiling fitting hanging in the middle of the room. It looked featureless, with stone walls, and it felt colder than the rest of the house. Here, there was only a few things. A bed, right in the middle of the room, the centerpiece. Right at the back was a cupboard filled with items, usually for after and self-care, a first aid kit, bandages, and a muzzle, just in case. There on the bed, Fran was already undressed, his clothes strewn about the room, and his lithe but reasonably built body was on full show. He didn't sport a six-pack of the sort, but he was by no means weak. His cock was already at full mast, being stroked by his hand, and he groaned with a wink as Cyril came down the stairs. Ha! Took your fucking time! Almost blew myself before you got in! He panted, licking his lips obscenely and drawing out a growl from Cyril. One knee was up, whilst the other one stretched as if relaxed. But that gave Cyril a full view of what he was doing to his prick. Beads of pre glistened at his head, and by the looks of the color, Cyril had guessed his boyfriend had teased himself to the brink and held himself back more than once. Jesus, the things he does for me. Cyril was never a man of many words. Fran did all the talking for the both of them normally, and the same could be said of their sex life. Where Cyril growled and snarled, Fran quipped, whined, and bit remarks, as well as endearing comments and praises. Instead of giving Fran any verbal reply back, the man instead snarled, a much lower growl than any normal human would give, and got onto the bed on all fours, crawling and stalking towards Fran. The man did not stall in his efforts to get himself off. He didn't even pause as the snarl left his throat. If anything, his face grew more flushed and his eyes glazed over in lust. Fuck, I love it when you get rough on me. When I see that beast inside of you coming out to play. He didn't continue, but instead pulled the leg up towards him and pulled them apart, his hands letting go of his cock as Cyril crawled over him, pinning him down to the bed. The man was still fully clothed, but that wouldn't last long either. This was the game they both played. It was the best deterrent they had come up with, which was healthy for the both of them, and fulfilled that extra excitement Fran liked to have. 
When plans for this had first come about, Cyril told him absolutely no, until Fran's constant whining and bickering and complaining ground the man down enough he was willing to give it a try, so long as they took extreme safety measures. Measures, it turns out, they didn't need in the end. It was better for them, the pair of them, and the village themselves. Little did they know that Fran coming here and finding him, sheep disappearances and slaughterings had decreased massively. Nobody had been killed, but Cyril had always been unsure of how long that would last. Now, thanks to Fran, the superhero with amazing skills of persuasion, chances were their sheep would be safe again. Fran knew the drill, and sometimes he had to take the initiative, even when he preferred being handled roughly by his partner. Still, it wasn't Cyril's fault. It never was. It was just how things were and how they were going to be. He had always accepted that and wanted to help where he could. Plus, it was exciting. He moved forward, taking in Cyril's lips into a crushing kiss, and a loud and rumbling snarl left the man as he was lured on by sexual desire. Fran couldn't help but smirk as he felt his lips being bitten into roughly, sometimes drawing blood, but never badly. He opened his mouth to allow Cyril's tongue in, wrestling with it in a battle he knew he would lose immediately. But it had its desired effect. Cyril was quick to take off his clothes, almost ripping them off of him as the sun finally disappeared and the moonlight rose. This was where it was crucial. Oftentimes, Cyril would lose interest, pain overtaking pleasure as his body began to snap and shake violently as bones reshaped and he would change shape. This time was no different, as Cyril stopped and collapsed on top of Fran, moaning in pain. Come on, love. You can do this. You've done this a thousand times before. Focus on me, Fran demanded, lifting Cyril's head as his eyes opened, disoriented and unfocused. He pressed a kiss to his mouth. Cyril groaned in response, though it could have been both pleasure and pain at this point. It would be all over for him. Every part of him would hurt and itch. His mind could barely focus on anything as control slipped out of his fingers and his personality would dissolve as the beast inside would take over. He'd fight and fight until the bitter end, wrestling with it. But eventually, he would always be beaten, exhausted and locked away. He never remembered the nights the beast won, and the beast always won, and it frightened him in case the worst would happen. With Fran being there, grounding him, he could fight a little longer for self-control, but ultimately... Even his boyfriend couldn't keep Cyril's spirit from losing this war that occurred monthly. Cyril sat up on his knees, his hands holding his head and covering his face as growls and snarls began leaving his mouth, human sounds soon abandoning him as he slowly began to transform right before Fran's eyes. And Fran watched it happen, albeit with a sad sort of fascination. Maybe he was crazy. Or perhaps he had gotten so desensitized by seeing it happen so often, every month he refused to leave Cyril's side and stuck with him through his change. Slowly, Cyril's body would change color from white to charcoal, as if he were turning to stone or becoming a shadow. His bones crunched as his arms became longer, leaner, and his legs did the same, 
Behind him, a tail would sprout and fur would grow out of his skin everywhere. To his newly formed tail, his legs, arms, crotch, face, and back. His fingers would change to claws, becoming longer and bending more than before, becoming monstrous and deadly. His teeth would grow sharp and venomous, dripping with saliva as his snout elongated and gained a black-tipped nose. His eyes changed from green to yellow, gaining slits as he did to better see in the dark. But that wasn't all. Cyril changed more than his species, but his sex as well. His cock and ball shrunk, disappearing as his body grew and absorbed it somewhere else, and left instead was a vulva, gray and around the labia, remained furless, as did some parts around his face, near his eyes especially. His chest remained much the same besides being covered in long black fur and gray skin, but where he once had small pecs were now rounded mounds, breast, but still smaller and more animal than human. Through this transformation, Cyril's cries and groans turned into snarls and whimpers and yelps as he changed from man to a wolf. This was the big secret Cyril had been keeping from everyone in the town, one that Fran guarded with his life. A town that got its name for murdering the last wild wolf had no idea that inside, the wolf still reigned, and the only reason it hadn't slaughtered them all was Cyril's determination. Fran and a whole lot of luck. They were indeed very lucky that the wolf inside of Cyril cared for Fran as much as the man did too. That showed now, as the wolf shook her head, dazed from the transformation, and howled to the moon in greeting. The first time this happened, Fran remembered being scared out of his wits, trembling and terrified of the beast, who in the end only sniffed at him and nudged his face with her nose. She was actually quite shy, but spoilt. She knew exactly what she wanted and would try anything to get it. She was curious and held no fear, but extremely possessive and was very touchy. She loved touching him, rubbing her body against his, leaving her scent everywhere, and she loved to lick all over him. Everywhere. She was never satisfied until he smelt entirely like her, and when he was exhausted, she would curl up as best she could for a bipedal wolf and lay on top of him. She wasn't light by any means, but Fran also didn't have the courage to ask the wolf to get off either. Now, she looked to him, her ears tilting as she took in all the sounds with her new hearing, and she leaned forward on all fours. Her tail wagged, and Fran smiled. Hey there, girl. He reached forward and ran a hand through the fur on her head. She pressed her head into his hand with a growl of approval and took a sniff. She stopped, sniffed again, insistently, and pressed her nose right against his abdomen. He flinched, her cold nose startling him, and he was unsure as to what she was doing. What is it? I'm not wearing any strong perfume or anything. Never do when I'm expecting you. Not that he was sure the wolf had any idea what perfume was, but the wolf usually understood the bare basics of English. Her vocal cords had been entirely cut, unable to reply, but she could still understand. She sneezed, much like dogs did, then pressed her nose urgently to his abdomen still. Much to his surprise, 
She pulled away slightly and snarled angrily. She turned her gaze to his, as if she had been betrayed. What the fuck? What have I done? He held his arms up in surrender, unsure what was going on. The wolf huffed, putting her nose back there, another groan leaving Fran as the cold and wet organ bothered him more. Then, her ears pulled back and she whined and yowled sadly. She turned her gaze to his, ears pulled back in her eyes. Were they glistening? He looked down. Oh. He had forgotten. Dogs had an acute sense of smell. They could smell things most others couldn't. Like diseases. Like cancer. For days, Fran had been getting random pain in his stomach. Feeling sick sometimes and thought he felt a lump or a mass when he pressed hard. So he visited a doctor. Terminal stomach cancer. Symptoms he had ignored for weeks, his loss of appetite and losing weight when he hadn't tried. He hadn't worked up the courage to tell Cyril, but he only intended to do this after this full moon. Yet, here she was. The wolf within Cyril knew. She knew that he was dying. Slowly, he would get worse until he'd need to go to the hospital. Not that there was much they could do either for him, but prolong it. Ah, but Cyril's wolf, she, however, could. Cyril absolutely would kill him for this. He never wanted Fran to be inflicted with what he had. But he was sentenced to death now. Fran could not live with himself if he left Cyril behind, and he had been through this enough times with his boyfriend that he was sure he could deal with it. I'm sorry you had to find out like that. He still apologized to the wolf, knowing she must have felt hurt. Maybe it took her a moment to realize what was wrong, smelling something different the first time. He wasn't sure how it worked, but the wolf huffed and a look of determination took over her features. Before he could ask what she was up to, his softening dick suddenly felt the press of her vulva. She rubbed her lips against the head, spurring him on as he remembered what he was meant to be doing. Somehow, his untimely soon death hadn't put her off at all. Her claws suddenly dug into his shoulders, small pinpricks that only added to the sensation, and without preparing herself, she never did. She sunk down completely right to his hips. Fran shouted in surprise, then let out a groan as her claws grasped the back of his head and pulled it aside, bearing his throat out to the wolf. He might have been the one penetrating her, but make no mistake, she called all the shots and was in charge. She leaned forward, stretching, and part of his length pulled out of her, his head still breached inside of her, a little painful for him but nothing that would have dampened the mood. She licked from shoulder to ear, over and over again, until Fran felt the cold air of her breathing down his neck. Then she backed off a little, sinking down onto his cock and drawing another moan of desire out of him. She was relentless. The scare of him possibly dying was very likely the source of it. A couple of times, she squeezed hard enough Fran felt the tinge of pain against his cock, but it only turned him on more, the small stab electrifying and keeping him on his toes. Whenever he tried to touch her, she snarled, 
and pushed his hands against the bed. Doing that too many times resulted in her pushing her hand against his throat, pinning him to the bed and leaving him gasping. He could breathe fine. The pressure was merely a threat, a domination, and fuck his cock twinged inside of her at that. She was getting wet quickly. The sound of their bodies moving against one another was barely audible beneath the snarls and howls of the wolf. Fran felt increasingly grateful that they lived far from anyone else so they wouldn't hear them. Much to Fran's surprise, he got an eyeful as the wolf set up of her bouncing breast, ones he wished he could touch, but the wolf forbade. He hadn't earned that, apparently. Jesus, you're uh, rough today. Of course, even when the wolf was fucking him hard, his pelvis was beginning to ache. He still had quips. None that the wolf cared about, of course. She couldn't reply verbally, but she did snarl and scratched at his chest. Gently, leaving angry-looking red marks across, and Fran grunted and thrust up into the wolf in reaction. I'm, I'm close. He at least warned her, right as the wolf apparently felt the same. Her vaginal walls trembled against his cock, sucking him in and clamping down tighter as she got closer. Her growls turned more into pants and she leaned forward again, this time thrusting her hips far down and taking his entire length into her. Her walls clamped down on him like a vice, drawing out the man's orgasm and a shout as he shuddered and spurted cum into her. The wolf, satisfied, felt her own waves of completion roll over her, and she leaned forward with a snarl and bit into his shoulder. This time, she made sure to break the skin, biting down hard enough Blood began to drool beneath her fangs. Right up against his neck, down across the front of his chest, and the back of his neck, a ring of her fangs would be scored into him. She bit hard, leaving lines of red to flow down his body slowly in dribbles. The man screamed, his arm paralyzed, and yet his balls emptied themselves again inside the werewolf, excitement growing even still. His head thrust back and he shuddered, pinned down onto the bed as the werewolf snarled and latched onto his shoulder. She didn't move, remaining as still as possible as Fran soon felt the venom getting to work. It was surreal, terrifying to feel what he thought was hot syrup running through his shoulder, pierced down into his veins, and before he knew it, it felt like heartburn. His chest began to hurt, burning and stinging, and he wondered if he made a terrible, horrible mistake. Regrets began to pull in his stomach for allowing this to happen, letting the beast know that he was dying and selfishly he had egged the werewolf on. He didn't want to die, to leave Cyril alone to suffer with his lycanthrope on his own. Not again. Not after the man was finally opening up more than ever before. Just like that, the burning ceased, and Fran was left with a chilled, numbing sensation in his shoulder. The werewolf let go and ran a long tongue against the bite. It stung and Fran hissed, gritting his teeth as those nerves and cells got to work on rebuilding themselves at breakneck speed thanks to the werewolf's saliva. The wolf hummed, almost like a purr as she watched the wound close itself up. Fran, for his part, was utterly exhausted, and felt his vision blur. He didn't complain as the werewolf slid herself off 
with a squelch and curled up over him, the same humming lulling him slowly to sleep. What the fuck did you let me do? He woke up with a banging headache and groaned painfully. He turned away from the noise, curling up in the duvet and whined as he felt a human set of hands shaking his shoulder, his bad shoulder. It was insanely sensitive. The touch was like a searing energy touching him, sparking him to alertness, and he set up quickly in surprise. Whoa, what the? You idiot! Cyril was furious. His eyes were red and glistening, and his eyes never left Fran's right shoulder, the one that had been bitten, and now sported a round brown mark of the werewolf bite. Why didn't you get the fucking muzzle? Because I wanted this, Sai. Fran shouted back. Cyril seemed shocked, but oh no, Fran wasn't quite finished yet. I've always wanted this. I know you were scared, and you didn't want me to suffer, but I've thought about this for a long time. I know we aren't one for marriage, but this comes as close as I can think of. I've been marked by you, permanently. I can be with you forever now, for better or for worse. Cyril took deep breaths, taking in everything Fran told him, an admission deeper than anything they'd ever told each other before. He might as well have asked his hand in marriage. But what if you get sick of me after ten years, a hundred years? Who's to say you wouldn't tire of me? I've stuck around this long. Fran took a deep breath. Sigh. I was dying. Terminal stomach cancer. Cyril let out a breath, almost a sob, his hands coming to his head as he tried to make sense of everything. So when you weren't eating and... Fran nodded and looked down at the duvet sheets bunched around his knees as he continued. I went to see a doctor about it. It was inoperable already. I would have had months to live. So I thought long and hard, a good week, when I decided I couldn't leave you behind. Fran looked up, his eyes tearing up and a smile on his face. I'm happy to suffer with you. Happy to take some of your suffering on, so that you wouldn't be left alone anymore. I couldn't stand the thought. I love you, Cy. Sarah wasn't one to get emotional but he would be damned if he tried to hold back now. With a sob, he got back on the bed and hugged his boyfriend tight to his chest, the pair remaining curled up together as they let raw emotion do all the talking. Every so often, the pair would whisper love yous to one another, realizing that they had nearly lost one another, but now they were stuck with one another for as long as they both would live. And that was a very long time. After a pause, Fran spoke. I wonder what kind of sexy werewolf I'd be. What would I look like? Hey, have you ever seen what your werewolf looks like? Cyril rolled his eyes. Some things would never change. But he would love his boyfriend all the same. This was Moon Me Up, Cyril by Alice Crawford. Read for you by Takem Ironhoof, the equine charmer. Takem is also the host of his own podcast, Dinner at Yiffenies, where you can listen to more furry escapades. 
His podcast can be found on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Just look for Dinner at Yiffenies. And as for The Voice of Dog, you can find more stories on the web at thevoice.dog or find the show wherever you get your podcasts. And thank you for listening to The Voice of Dog. 